Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Well, look who has the microphone tonight. That's right. Robbie Falk, 247 Sports in the Thunder and Lightning podcast with Brian. Hey, Dad, who has the, the rest of the week off? I stole the microphone from him. He allowed me an, an open mic tonight for whatever reason. Don't worry, Brian's going to be back next week. He's going on vacation this weekend. And um, I got the controls tonight, so let's talk whatever we want to talk about. We'll talk some wrestling, a little rock and roll music. No, we're going to talk Mississippi State sports, of course. That's what's talked about here on Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. And uh, as I said, Robbie Falk from 247 Sports, Startwell Daily News, and of course the Thunder and Lightning podcast with Brian that you can check out on our podcast feed. This show will be on our podcast feed as well, um, immediately following. Thanks to uh, our producer, Rhino. And I want to remind you, if you want to send in some texts, go to 601-879-4395 with the ceasefire text line. You can check that out uh, and give me your thoughts. I may or may not answer those thoughts. Um, yeah, so we have an, uh, a really exciting interview coming up in the second segment. Offensive coordinator Kevin Barbet is going to be with us. Uh, happy to talk to him to kind of review the spring. A lot of people want to hear his thoughts, hear about Mississippi State's offense, from the first spring of uh, Zach Arnett as head coach, Kevin Barbet as offensive coordinator, and I'm really interested to hear what he has to say about Will Rogers, about the the passing game, the running game, and kind of what Mississippi State was able to do there. Wanted to talk about tonight. What a super bulldog weekend! And I mean, I put a major emphasis on the word super because it was a fantastic weekend for Mississippi State sports for MSU fans. Just a, a phenomenal showing from Bulldog fans uh, the whole weekend. And you had a, a big series against Ole Miss, your heated rival. You had the spring game, which I thought was well attended. And, of course, some big-time guys there for Mississippi State. When you look on the sidelines and you see a Dak Prescott, you see a, a Jeffrey Simmons fresh off a $94 million contract. What a contract that guy earned, and it's very well-deserved. Um, we saw Willie Gay. We saw K.J. Wright. He threw out the first pitch um, just a, a few months after retiring from the Seattle Seahawks. So really just a, a fantastic weekend for Mississippi State fans. I don't think you could ask for much more outside of maybe a sweep in that Ole Miss series. We're going to talk a lot of football in this show, but I did want to get to baseball before we, we talk to Kevin Barbet here shortly. And... If you've given up on Mississippi State at this point, don't do it. They're still alive. They're still alive and well. And I'm going to tell you exactly why they're alive and well. Because the last two weeks they've shown a little fight. Really the last two and a half weeks. I thought against South Carolina we saw that fight kind of come to the surface from Mississippi State. Um, Against the Gamecocks they lost two out of three. But they won their first SEC game in a year and a half. 
thought that was big for them to get that first one out of the way. I mean, they had that uh, monkey on their back, so to speak, and had lost 18 straight in the SEC. I think they had lost seven or eight consecutive series dating back to last year. And it was just a, a really difficult run for the Bulldogs. But the last two weeks, we've seen a team that's ready to fight. They're ready to fight for themselves. They're ready to fight for their, their coach. You know, Chris Simonis has come under fire from Mississippi State fans. Um, you know, we've called out Chris Simonis. We've called out this Mississippi State team. The product they were putting on the field just wasn't acceptable. And they've returned now in the last two weeks with uh, two series wins. And you went on the road to Alabama. I thought uh, Friday's game was kind of a disaster. You got run-ruled in that game, but you fought back on Saturday and won the series. And you get that midweek win against UAB, and then this weekend, this past weekend, was just huge for Mississippi State to take that step forward because I think it was a much bigger series for the Bulldogs than it was the Rebels. The Rebels are in a, a much worse place right now sitting there at 3-12 and 12 in the SEC, but you look at the back half of that schedule, it's very manageable for the Rebels. For Mississippi State, it gets pretty tough. you got to go to LSU. you got to go to Tennessee. you got Arkansas coming to town. They're playing really well. you know, you, you got A&M. They're playing well. So it, it's a really difficult schedule for the Bulldogs the rest of the way. They had to win this series. So they go out on Friday night, and the offense just... Couldn't do anything against Jack Doherty and um, the the Ole Miss pitching staff. They scored two runs. Both of them were solo home runs. We just didn't see enough from that offense that, that gave you a ton of confidence moving into the next two games. I think they had three hits the entire ballgame. It was, it was a really poor night at the plate for the Bulldogs. Come out on Saturday, I was really concerned about how Mississippi State would come out in that ballgame. You're talking about a team that had just kind of been demoralized offensively the night before. It was a very difficult loss because you pitched it probably as well as you pitched it in an SEC game this year, and you still lost 3-2. to two. And you're sitting there thinking, you know, what do we have to do here to win a ball game? Instead of thinking that way, the Mississippi State offense came out and fought. And playing in front of the largest crowd in the history of an on-campus college baseball game State was able to win that thing 8-7, to seven, and the way that they won it was really the big thing. A lot of times we've seen some state teams come out there on that Super Bulldog weekend Saturday and really kind of fall apart. We saw it two years ago when State played Ole Miss. Doug Nikhazy came out there, gave up a one-hitter, complete game, nearly no-hit Mississippi State for the uh, one win of the series uh, for Ole Miss. We've seen that before. You know, I remember Chris Stratton getting absolutely shelled Against against Florida on Super Bulldog Saturday in 2012 um, or 2011, I think it was. I remember Chad Gerardo coming to that game being absolutely shelled. Those two guys were a big part of Mississippi State winning a lot of games the next couple of years. But on this Saturday, it fueled that state team. It really did. We saw some big hits. We saw a, a true freshman come up there in Dakota Jordan after striking out to end the ball game the night before against Ole Miss, he comes up there in a bases-loaded situation against another freshman. And a 2-0 count, a guy that just couldn't throw strikes. Dakota bounces one to the left side, two-run score, and Euphoria just sets in at, in Duty Noble Field. It was really a sight to see on just about a perfect day. I mean, you go from football in that spring game and a lot of good things there to 16,000-plus at Duty Noble on Saturday afternoon. Beautiful weather. 
incredible atmosphere. The crowd, I thought, took over the ball game and really uh, swung things in their favor in that ninth inning. And Mississippi State won it eight to seven. So then the challenge was doing it again on uh, on Sunday. And what you saw was Mississippi State coming out and again battling. You know, they got down, they get they tie it back up, they get the lead. Um, well, actually, on Sunday they took the three nothing lead. Dakota Jordan with a three run home run. It was when they came back was on Saturday, but Dakota Jordan hits a three run home run. Ole Miss ties it up. I thought Aaron Nixon, his emergence there in the in the um, seventh or ninth innings was huge for Mississippi State moving forward. Comes in there in a bases loaded situation. Um, Ole Miss ties it up on a hard hit ball, and it looks like they're about to really take control of the ball game. Well, he rolls a double play to uh, true freshman David Mershon, another true freshman that really made a, a huge play on the weekend, rolls a double play, gets out of it, and from there, State really um, found a way. Hunter Hines hits a two-run home run, take the lead, and Aaron Nixon was fantastic, retired the last seven batters he faced. Mississippi State wins it 5-3. to three. Huge series win for the Bulldogs, and now they're in solid shape from a resume standpoint right now. The the whole thing is they got to win games. They're sitting here at five and ten, twenty two and fifteen overall. And when you see that, you think well, there's no way that they're anywhere near the NCAA tournament. Well, today D one baseball has Mississippi State sitting there as a three seed at the Wake Forest Regional. They're one of the last five teams in. That's a good spot to be in right now. A lot of people gave up on this team, but everything's right in front of them if they can go win games. The RPI is really incredible. They're 26 in the RPI with a 22-15 and 15 record. Their strength of schedule is third in the country. So, you know, the, the metrics are there for this team if they just continue to win. This weekend is absolutely huge. You have to go to Auburn and win that series. It would be incredibly beneficial for you if you could sweep it, but you never count on that. But that would ultimately swing some things in Mississippi State's favor if they're able to do that because the next three weeks after that are really tough for the Bulldogs, really the last four weeks. When you look at that, you go to Tennessee, you go to uh, LSU, you got Arkansas in between there as well, and then Texas A&M at home. So it's huge. It's a huge stretch for the Bulldogs. Coming down the uh, the line here, Mississippi State took a major step this past weekend, really the last two weeks. They've been really good uh, on the baseball diamond. We'll see if they can continue that moving forward. All right, when we get back, we will hear from the man, Kevin Barbet, Mississippi State's offensive coordinator, will be on with us. Excited to hear from him. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is Thunder and Lightning Live on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. Listen up! There is a storm coming!
Welcome back to Thunder and Lightning Live here in Super Talk, Mississippi. Robbie Falk here with you. Now we have the honor talking to offensive coordinator, Coach Kevin Barbet. Coach, I know spring's over with now. You probably have nothing to do. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know, Robbie, I know you coaches uh, have a ton of downtime. Now, man, relaxing, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, I know uh, you have time to go fishing and everything. Yeah, uh, I wish, man. That sounds nice. <laughs> well, if you need a place to fish, I know a place. I'm sure you. I'm sure you have some spots yeah, too. I do. I'll have a um, little window so, from about uh, July 1st to July 2nd uh, that I can maybe go hit that up. <laughs> <laughs> about ten hours. There you go. That's right, um, Coach. Coach, what was kind of your biggest takeaway from the spring? I know you're you're installing, and I know y'all did have those OTAs, which you know Will Rogers said was really beneficial for him. What what was your biggest takeaway from the the spring practices, the couple months that you got to to spend with these guys and install the offense and kind of develop a little bit? Yeah, you know, I was uh, I was really pleased with the progress that we made uh, over 15 practices. Um, but yet, Robbie, we, we still have a long ways to go uh, in order to meet the expectations and, and get to the standard that we expect. Um, you know, spring was so much of about just teaching the fundamentals of the offense, you know, and, and really it's, um, it was drastically different with, you know, tightening up the splits a little bit and, you know, the offensive line playing with a little bit lower pad level and, and different run schemes. Um, you know, obviously you guys saw some new formations and, and motions and shifts and, you know, different variations of past concepts and, you know, all that has different progressions and, uh, you know, just takes a little bit of time. Uh, but really where we are right now, Robbie, I would tell you, we generally have guys kind of in the right area, right? Or go in the right direction. Now it's time to, uh, as we get into summer, is to, you know, really challenge our guys to detail the why on every scheme and, and every concept and, you know, every situation and really understanding situational football and really how, you know, everything pulls with one another. So, um, you know, I, I mean, I would tell you, man, I was, I was pleased, obviously, in the spring game. You know, I'd uh, like to score more points. Um, but, you know, we are uh, uh, we're progressing nicely. And, um, you know, like I told the, the unit uh, at the end of the spring game, uh, you know, this, this was the, uh, the, the end of the beginning. And we can't just uh, go, oh, well, that's it, spring ball's over. You know, we got a couple weeks um, where, you know, we're going to be out on the road recruiting and, and those guys are going to have to get together and, and throw some routes on air and, and uh, do some, you know, stuff on their own. And then when they get back in the summertime, it's really – you know, we're allowed to uh, have some meeting time and, and do some things now where, uh, you know, we can really, like I said, just extreme detail uh, every little fast about the offense. Yeah, and I know Will Rogers is a guy, he don't mind getting out there and throwing routes to receivers and working, and he's a, he's a student of the game, uh, coach's son. And a lot of people kind of are skeptical of him in this offense when in reality, and he even said it this year, I mean, he ran most of this, most of these same concepts in high school. Not really a, an air raid guy coming out of high school. And that was something that he adjusted to. I mean, how have you felt like his transition has gone 
over the last couple months coming in the spring, and what did you kind of see from him? Yeah, I, I think Will has really adjusted well, uh, you know, to the new system. Um, I mean, Will, you know, Will is a football junkie, right? And he is always thinking about the game. Um, you know, I love his desire to, to learn and his willingness to adapt to some new ideas. You know, um, Will Rogers is a guy that, uh, you know, I might be in there early on a Sunday morning watching film by myself when I know, you know, there won't be a bunch of people around or whatever. And, uh, you know, the door will crack open and, and there's Will Rogers. Um, he, is, he is dedicated to the game. Um, you know, Will has got phenomenal uh, leadership and one of the most competitive guys that I've ever been around. Uh, you know, his competitive spirit just really stands out. You know, and I think, Robbie, one of the things that makes Will Rogers, you know, whether it's a uh, an air raid system, a pro-style system, a, a multiple system, you know, Will, Mississippi State University means a lot to Will Rogers, and he is going to battle for this place to the end. You know, he's just got that fire inside of him, man, that it means a lot to him to be successful. And, you know, that's what you want in your quarterback. You know, um, I think from a, uh, a learning standpoint, you know, uh, he, he's going to continue improving uh, with anticipation and, you know, getting the ball out of his hand quick. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, just kind of learning and um, experiencing the flow of the game and uh, in a new system, I'm saying, you know. Um, I think the, the guys that are, are skeptical of, of – Will Rogers in this offense, uh, you know, are, are completely wrong. I mean, you know, a, a good quarterback is a good quarterback, and Will Rogers is a good quarterback that can make any throw on the field. Um, you know, I thought this spring he did a really nice job of throwing on the run and, and moving the pocket and, and making some accurate throws, um, you know, that's not just sitting, you know, directly behind the center. And so I'm excited to see his progress. Uh, you know, I think this spring we threw a lot uh, at all of them uh, as far as the offensive installation goes. And, um, you know, and, and we're not going to slow down. We're going to keep pushing those limits and, um, you know, keep defining it and, and detailing everything out. Uh, but I'm, I'm really excited uh, to see, you know, Will Rogers uh, in, this op- in this offense uh, come fall. Of course, the running back's going to see some increases and in, in carries, but as we saw in the spring game, I mean, the wide receivers aren't just out there blocking. They're they're going to be a, a big part of this offense as well. What what are your thoughts on the skill guys that you have right now? I mean, you have so many wide receivers that are coming over, but you had some good running backs that returned too and that were added. I mean, what have you seen from your skill guys? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, uh, Tulu Griffin is a guy that. When the ball is in his hand, he has a chance to create an explosive play. You know, and the fun part about Tulu is, you know, finding different ways for him to touch the ball and finding ways to just get him in space with the ball in his hands. Um, you know, Xavion Thomas, uh, made some real wild plays this spring. You know, he's such a, a, a twitchy, fast guy that can really create separation on routes. And, you know, he's a guy that's got some nastiness to him um, when the ball is in his hand and blocking on the perimeter. Uh, so really excited about him. 
you know, uh, Justin Robinson, uh, you know, is coming along. He made some nice plays on a couple deep balls throughout spring. Um, and we're really working on, you know, just cleaning up his craft uh, as a route runner and, and all the details that come along with him. You know, I thought Jaden Wally uh, had uh, a great spring, just consistent and reliable. Uh, he's a great young man, and, and he's always in the right spots. Um, I'll tell you, you know, uh, Creed Whittemore really impressed this spring. You know, he's an eager young man, and he's extremely athletic. He's, you know, really learning the position. Um, but, you know, Creed's got a lot of want to inside of him, and, and he's really willing to do anything that's asked of him. And then, you know, with our running backs, um, obviously, you know, we didn't get to see Woody a, a ton um, late in spring. Uh, but early on, you know, he, he showed he's got great change of direction and balance and vision. You know, he's a patient guy that can really accelerate. Uh, he had some great practices, and, and we all know what he can do. Uh, really excited to see him with the ball in his hands. Um, you know, Simeon Price, we didn't get to see a ton of this spring, uh, other than just kind of watching some film on him. Uh, but, you know, what a great kid and really excited. Uh, in the spring game, you saw Jeffrey Pittman uh, get a, a bunch of carries. And, uh, you know, throughout the, uh, the spring, he really showed signs of, you know, being able to, to be a powerful runner. Um, and when he gets going downhill, you know, he's hard to bring down. And then Seth Davis, you know, um, is an explosive young player, uh, you know, should be a, a senior in high school, but he enrolled early. And I think that really benefited him greatly uh, from being here in the spring. And, you know, I think he's got a great uh, capability to pop off some good runs. Coach, we've got less than a minute left. So I'm, I'm going to get you out here uh, with this question. There's a lot of people that are that really kind of deny that you're going to have an explosive offense because they've looked at the numbers. What do you say to the people that are kind of detractors of hey, this offense can make some big plays in the passing game as well? Well, you know, I think um, number one, all of all of us offensive coordinators, right? We want to score as many points as we possibly can, right? And that's uh, kind of the first goal is to score a bunch of points. Uh, the next thing, you know, though, is playing complementary football with our defense. You know, I think being a, a physical downhill running team, you know, with a, a bunch of multiple run schemes and, you know, the motions and the shifts give defenses a lot of things to look at. You know, when you're effective at those things, your explosive passes come from, you know, your, your play actions. Uh, you know, your once those safeties get down low to the box. and we Mississippi. Thunder. And lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Thunder and Lightning Live, Super Talk Mississippi. Robbie Falk here sitting in for Brian Haydad. Great stuff from Kevin Barbet. I, I apologize. We ran into a commercial break there, and he was really excited about what he was talking about. I wish I could have got him for two segments. I just didn't want to push it. Um, as much as I joked, coaches are indeed busy, even without spring practice. So I, I didn't want to take too much of his time, but some great stuff there from Kevin Barbet. And I'm sure we'll hear more from him down the road, but he w- was excited about his offense, but o- obviously wanted some more 
as well from what he saw in the spring. And I think that's if you're a state fan, that should really excite you that he wants to see more from that group because we saw some exciting things in the spring. I thought the spring game especially showed us some some really good things. And you can't get too caught up in, in these spring games. They're glorified practices. Um, as I said the other day, I mean, the last few years we were kind of concerned watching Will Rogers and in practices with like a you know 50% completion percentage, and he almost never had that in an actual game. I think, you know, Jaquavis Marks didn't play in the spring game. Simeon Price didn't play in the spring game. They were missing uh, Cameron Jones on the offensive line the entire spring. You still have a couple of pieces to add. So it's really it's not too big of a concern for me. But looking back at that spring game, let's kind of dissect it a little bit. It was basically good on good in the game. You had the maroon and the white teams or whatever, but it was basically the first team versus the first team, second team versus second, and all that. And Will Rogers was pretty productive. There were some things that people were concerned about. I think there were some issues with handoffs and stuff like that. That's things that, in my opinion, reminder that they'll be cleaned up. But we also saw some good things, I thought, from Will Rogers. 16 and 27 in the game, 59% completion. That's not setting the world on fire, but he was taking some shots down the field. He had Xavion Thomas on some on a couple of really nice passes. One of them was a 55-yard touchdown. Xavion Thomas hauled that in with one hand. Really beautiful play. Justin Robinson had a big game as well, 37-yard reception. So he had two two passes for 35-plus yards. And the 55-yard pass I thought was really impressive. He led Xavion over the top. Threw it only where he could catch it. That's a good quarterback. It wasn't underthrown. You'd rather overthrow it than underthrow it. But I thought he had a nice pass there to to Xavion Thomas, and then had a really good pass on the sidelines towards him as well. And like I said, you know, four catches, seventy-five yards for Xavion Thomas, and a touchdown. Three for sixty-one for Justin Robinson. Three for thirty-two for Tulu Griffin. That's your top three wide receivers right there. And they make up the bulk of, of Will Rogers' yardage. That's I, I think Mississippi State has a solid nucleus of wide receivers. And then you got Jaden Wally, and then you got Creed Whitmore, who Coach Barbet talked about and was really impressive. I thought during the spring, was Creed Whitmore, just a freshman. He's already passed up several wide receivers. That's a guy that I think is going to have a really good career here. I think that was a steal for Mississippi State to be able to get him. Got him from from Florida. Just straight up took him. A kid straight out of Gainesville, Mississippi State went and got him. And he's a difference maker. You have several difference makers in this offense. Anybody that's that's coming out at this point and saying, you know, you can't be productive in this offense. They're gonna it's gonna be, you know, too run heavy. These runs are predictable. You can't win in the SEC like that. Well, that's not what they're going to do. I don't think people truly know what this offense is. It's an offense that's made up of different kinds of offenses. It's not a, a true air raid. It's not a, a true um, you know, I-formation, ground-and-pound offense. It's not a wing-T offense. They're not going to come out there you know, and uh, run, the, run the triple option. That's not what this offense is. This offense takes what it gets from a defense and exposes those defenses. I thought we saw that on the on the play to Xavion Thomas. 
How many times would that play have been made in the air raid? How many times would you get that one-on-one coverage deep down the field like that? Not very often. Mississippi State hasn't gotten that a whole lot. They didn't make a whole lot of 55-yard passes the last three years. And that's a product of a defense looking to stop the run. It's a product of a defense accounting for different pieces in the personnel. Mississippi State has an up back. They have a, a tight end. They have different pieces that they haven't had. They have tighter splits on the offensive line. They're going to have pulling guards. They're going to have probably better blocking down the field from the wide receivers. I think this offense is an offense, if you're a Mississippi State fan, you should be really excited about it. It plays into the strengths of Mississippi State football. It returns to a lot of the same principles that Mississippi State's had for many years, but it also has some explosive principles in it, too. This is an offense that has air raid concepts. They're not they're not just coming out there lining up in the ace-back formation under center or uh, eye formation or the Maryland eye or something. They're going to run a lot of different formations, keep defenses off balance, play to their own strengths. That's what you're going to see with this offense. I thought that's what you saw in the spring game. And there's there's so much that, that needs to improve, obviously. I mean, your, your running backs averaged about four yards, four and a half yards of carry. That's about what they were averaging in the air raid. But you didn't have your top two running backs in there. You didn't have a Jaquavius Marks in there. You had Jeffrey Pittman, who I think is going to be really good in this offense, and Seth Davis, a true freshman. And there was a lot of putting the ball on the ground, and there were some sloppy moments in the game, for sure. But I think that this offense is, in time, going to be really good. I think people will come to, to enjoy it. We saw Mike Wright in there at quarterback. 7 of 12, 21 yards. was nothing um, just uh, great from a passing perspective, but I'm telling you, this guy has some traits out there that you just can't teach from a skill set standpoint. Not the, not the greatest passer on the team, and I, that's not going to be something that is, is his strength when he's in the game. But when you see him run, when you see him get in the open field, he had five carries for four yards that's and a touchdown. That's you know that's not anything to write home about. But we've seen him scramble a little bit this year. We saw it at Vanderbilt. He has some wheels. There's not many guys on this roster that can do what he does. And I think that you know Zach Arnett. Uh, he he slapped Brian around a, a little bit last week when Brian asked about how they were going to use him. But I think. There is some plans to u- utilize Mike Wright. I just don't think that he's a guy that you hand a clipboard to and and a and a ball cap and and give him some uh, responsibilities on the sideline. I think this is a guy that you got to get in the ball game. Give him six to eight plays in a game and let him go. Because the more playmakers that you can get out on the field, the better for this offense. And I truly believe, too, that this is going to be a better offense for Will Rogers. I really do. He averaged over almost 14 yards a a reception, 16 completions. I think that number can can go up. I mean, this is a guy that that could really have some explosive plays, I think, in this offense with the pressure off of him now. When you're, you know, people talk about, you know, the, um, Running the football in predictable situations. I mean, what what was the air raid doing? 
throwing the ball in predictable situations. Guys pinning their ears back coming after Will Rogers. Guys dropping back in his own defense and keeping everything in front of him. You know, what can Will Rogers do with an offense that is a little more unpredictable? Because I think that's what this is going to be. You can play off that run with some play action, hit a big play. You can um, utilize the tight end a little bit more. And you're still going to see some of these crossing patterns of the mesh. You're still going to see some of that because that's part of this offense. Kevin Barbet is a guy that has taken so many different things from so many different people. And to me, the, the better offensive coordinators in the game do that. I, I, I look at what Kansas City does in the NFL. They're not tied to one specific offense. It's a team they'll get out under center. You know, they'll run a quarterback sneak. They'll, use, they'll, they'll utilize a tight end. You know they will. They'll run the air raid. That's what we're seeing in the NFL. That's what teams are doing. They're taking bits and pieces from several different offenses. That's how you keep defenses off balance. That's how you make sure that you don't have predictable situations. And I think that's what Mississippi State's going to do. And I'm, I'm really interested to see what this offense looks like when everybody's healthy on the offensive line when you have things settled there, because I think this offensive line has a ton of guys up front that are used to run blocking, and they haven't been doing that the last few years because they've been in a pass-first offense. They've been taken out of their element. Well, now you got a Cole Smith and a Cameron Jones, some mean guys up front that ran offenses that were built around pushing people out of the way. You got them back in their element. And like Coach Barbet said, it's going to take some time for those guys to get adjusted, of course. But I think once they do, I think you've got the skill set from these offensive linemen that you can really make a difference up front. And, um, you know, I think you've got skill set at all these other positions, too. I, I love what they're doing with Tula Griffin and Xavier Thomas. I'm excited to see where they go from here. All right, we're coming back with our final segment of the day. You only got about five, ten minutes left for, from me, so... We'll be right back. This is Thunder and Lightning Live on Super Talk, Mississippi. Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk, Mississippi. If they call a celebration penalty on this, I'll shoot them. segment here with Thunder and Lightning Live, Super Talk Mississippi. Robbie Falk again filling in for Brian Haydad and I know it's sad. It's sad. Only a few minutes left with me. Don't cry for me when I'm gone. We'll make it through this, I promise. I appreciate you guys listening in and um, giving me a shot here for this uh, past hour. We had a great talk with Kevin Barbet. If you missed any of the first uh, few segments of the show a reminder you can check those out on our thunder and lightning uh, podcast feed brian and i if you aren't sure or haven't listened much brian and i have our own podcast airs five days a week uh anywhere you get podcasts thunder and lightning covering mississippi state day in and day out and you can check out this podcast there on that uh page so check it out uh here shortly Great talk with Kevin Barbet. I thought he had some excellent thoughts on his offense and his first spring here 
at Mississippi State. Before we get out of here, wanted to comment on Mississippi State recruiting a little bit. Bulldogs have picked up a couple of commitments in the last uh, three days or so. And uh, the first one was uh, a tight end, Jay Lindsey, for Patrician Academy in Butler, Alabama. Plays at a small school in Alabama, and, you know, it's it's kind of jarring to see tight ends back in the uh, fold for Mississippi State. they got a couple of transfer tight ends in Rylan Goaty and Jaquarius Spivey returning to Mississippi State after transferring to TCU. And they got their first high school tight end commitment, Jay Lindsey. This is a kid that is really kind of under the radar a little bit. Has an offer from Vanderbilt, a couple other schools as well. Real sharp kid. And I'm telling you, the, the, the size is really impressive. 6'5", 235 at tight end, athletic. It dominates in high school, but it's hard to really tell because of the competition. Level competition doesn't look great. But you like what you see from just a, a stature standpoint. 6'5", 235, has another SEC offer. A lot of people wondering why you take a guy like this early on in the process. I just I feel like the staff just likes him. They evaluated him. They want him on board. I mean, it's, it just boils down to that. Rated 84 on, on 247. We've seen that a time or two for Mississippi State commitments. So it's not a guy that is really wowing the fan base or anything like that, but I think he's a player that can really benefit in this offense and add a dimension for Mississippi State. There's a lot of tight ends out there over the years that have been great NFL Hall of Famers that have been pretty lowly ranked. So it's not, you know, it's not telling, it might not tell the full story on this kid. We'll see how he develops, see if he can pick up some more offers in the offseason as well. But, you know, on the surface, I like the commitment from Lindsey. They also got a commitment from Beauchene, Louisiana wide receiver Matt Mayfield. He's not even ranked at this point. He is super under the radar. I think we. I don't think he's had a profile on two four seven for very long. But he has offers from Cincinnati, Grambling, Louisiana Lafayette, six two one eighty five. Another kid I really liked the size of this kid and looks like a freak out there wide receiver as well so I mean it's it's to me it might be a little early to take a guy like this but again these coaches see something to take a player like this early on and I, I don't know you know what transpires with Matt Mayfield he could go and I mean and during camp season and blow up and get an offer from LSU. I don't know. But Chad Bumpus likes him. And Chad Bumpus is recruiting some really good wide receivers, by the way. Stonka Burnside from Starkville High School. J.J. Harrell, North Panola. He's on some good wide receivers in this class. Decided to take this kid early on the process. I think he was at Super Bulldog Weekend. They really liked him. So we'll see how that goes. Bulldogs also had some transfers on campus this uh, past weekend. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens there. Running back from Penn State was here, I think, a junior college um, off, uh, offensive tackle or defensive lineman. Don't quote me on that. Paul Jones is our re- is our uh, resident recruiting guy, so go check him out there. I want to encourage you guys to go 
check out 247 if you don't already. Just some great stuff over there. But yeah, big weekend for Mississippi State coming up. You know, spring is over for football, but the baseball team is in the heat of it here. And they've got to go to Auburn and get a big series win. I'll be down there, so we'll see how that goes. Really need to win that one. Right now, the Bulldogs are uh, right there for, you know, in that 10 to 12 range when it comes to the uh, SEC tournament, and that's the goal. This team wants to get to Hoover. You get to Hoover, you should have a solid chance at that point to make postseason, and we'll see what happens. They're just trying to get back into postseason after what happened last year. All right, y'all. Man, it's been fun. I love taking over this mic. Brian always talks over me. I don't get a whole lot of words in. It's really sad to see how that transpires, but it's been a joy to talk to you guys. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Make sure you check out this podcast and our podcast from Thunder and Lightning uh, on the podcast feed. Other than that, appreciate you guys. Have a great rest of the week. We'll catch you down the road. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.